0: Patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, civility, the values that define America. Fascinating stories and talks from America loving patriots dedicated to preserving freedom, opportunity, and justice. Welcome to the Friends and Fellow Citizens Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 54 and the first anniversary of the Friends and Fellow Citizens podcast. I am so excited to have you with us today. This is a really historic day and week for us. We're celebrating our one year anniversary on August 29th, 2021. Our First day was actually on the 30th, but we are celebrating it today because it's a Monday. But I'm very, very grateful to all of you who have supported me, whether it's from day one or just from last week's episode. You all play a very integral part in what this show is all about. Every time I hit that record button or set up an episode for release on Monday, I think about all of you. I think about the reason why we are here today. We are all here every single week because we care about our nation. We care about the state of the world. We care about the values that the founders left us. We also care about the values and the successes that previous generations have built for us. And while no one is perfect and that everyone has had success and transgressions, We all strive to do better. That's why this show is what it is. Named after the first words of Washington's farewell address in 1796, this podcast really has not only impacted myself, but I think it's really changed the way many people view our conversations today. And I'm really, really grateful for all of you, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, because this one year has been a phenomenal foundation, and I cannot wait for all the announcements that we'll be making in the next year and for years to come, all the other episodes that are just waiting out there for us to record and to provide to all of you, the audience. There is so much more out there, and we are marking this year to really honor all the successes and all the things that we've done together for year one, and all of these experiences and stories will carry through to the future episodes that lie ahead. Before we get to our main part of our episode today, I think it's important for all of you to hear from two of the most amazing mentors and family members whom I love so much. It is because of their love that this is even possible. Now, I'd like to invite and welcome my parents, my mother, Dr. Sally Tyloski, and my father, Captain Greg Tyloski, to share a few words with us.
1: Sherman, congratulations, one year. I know you always like to talk and you have created an opportunity for yourself to talk. You have complete success on this regards. So I still remember when you were four years old One of my friends who who was a a linguistic therapist because you couldn't speak the whole sentence. So she suggested to me that to take you to a specialist to correct your speaking technique. I rejected because I always know you were just trying to think what you're going to say, especially when you're learning three languages at four years old. So I'm so proud of you as your mom. I agree with you, whatever you say, because I'm your biggest fan. Thank you, Sherman, for making me a proud mom. Bye.
2: Hello, everyone. If you were to tell me back when I was 35 that in 24 years, my future son would be dedicating his knowledge, energies, talents and passion, to create a space in which to honor our country's founding father, I would tell you that I would be among the most grateful of men. And I am. Thank you, Sherman. I am proud of you.
0: Well, thank you, Mom and Dad, for a wonderful message from each of you. I'll never forget that moment when I brought up the idea of starting this podcast and I know that this has been an experience like no other, an experience that has taught me a lot. Uh, I believe I've grown a lot since I first started and I, I just can't wait to release all those amazing episodes for you both to listen every week and I know that you're, and you both continue to listen to the show. You give amazing feedback. And I could not have grown this much. If it wasn't for your love and for your selflessness, your care, I will always remember the sacrifices that you have made and you continue to make for myself and for my livelihood. So thank you, Mom and Dad. Now... Let's begin our first part of the program. Because this week is a special occasion on Friends and Fellow Citizens, I decided that it would be best to first start off by thanking those who make the interview episodes possible. It is because of the amazing guests, as well as their time and energy, that we are able to listen to them and to hear what they have to say about what they're doing. To uphold the values of Washington's farewell address, but in large part to also make our country a better place than it was before. I hope you will enjoy the following highlights that I put together to present just a snippet of what we've been able to have for our interview episodes this past year.
1: My grandparents always believed that the future would be so much better. And a point they always make is that they endeared what they went through with the tenacity and spirit. And their entire belief was that they are American and that they believed in their country and that what they were going through was going to build a better future for their children and their children's children. The number of lives saved by these women who stepped up, contributed to national security, And even prior to there being this sort of vacuum in the field where they they needed the women, they were already pioneers and the men going to war gave them the opportunity to show that they were qualified and
3: that they had these special skills to help the US and the allies win
1: the war.
4: I really love my man, Thomas Jefferson. Guy was a statesman, diplomat, lawyer, architect. The guy was a lot of things, you know. And I really think what I liked about him is he was a huge proponent of, you know, democracy, you know, republicanism, and uh, you're not in the party sense, but, you know, and individual rights, you know, I think that, you know, it's now it's like kind of his core. He's a solid person, you know, to look up to. Him.
3: It's about knowing that just because you think your opinion is right does not mean someone else's opinion is wrong. And if we really wanna become the United States of America, that's something we need to learn. And a lot of our political officials and those in elected office need to know that we need to grow by listening to other people's points of view. I never want a girl to feel like she can't achieve a career goal that she wants to. Because here in America, it is the best place and the best time to be a woman. And you can do anything that you set your mind to. You just need the right people around you, supporting you to get there.
2: I would say that James Madison is my favorite uh, founding father and the most relevant. Madison really pushed for checks and balances. And checks and balances are the, the single most important factors I miss in European democracies.
0: When you say something, mean it. If you mean what you say and say what you mean, you'll be fine. A lot of teachers th- think that kids will buy in if they like you. The aim is not to be liked. The aim is to be respected. Getting that respect because kids want
4: structure. And, and it's it's cruel to not give that to them. Let's get them together. Let's see if we can get co-chairs. And we wanted this to be as bipartisan as we could could get it. We didn't want this to be a a Democratic effort or a Republican effort solely. We wanted this to be as uh, bipartisan as we could. So we have two uh, Republicans, two Democrats, uh, which is is great
2: uh, that they were able to come together.
4: Let's start
0: our discussions, particularly our political discussions, not with this is
2: the result I want, or this is what my party wants, uh, but with what is the issue we're trying to solve and what are the, what is the common purpose that we have with it.
0: In North Korea, if you leave, up to three generations of your family can be punished. It's an unfortunate existence. It's really sad. I'm trying hard not to tear up um, just talking about it. But I think it's something we need to understand. It's tough for North Koreans in North Korea and to get out, but once they get
2: out it's even hard for them outside.
3: Education is crucial. And you know, I think it that speaks no uh, it speaks volumes today when we think about the implications of moving from yeah, uh, you know, even AI technology, or even beyond that, just the ideas of how do we reshape our cities in into designing them to be sustainable and equitable, and environmentally, uh, you know, enriching. I did a digital speaker series last year highlighting uh, quite a few soldiers and their stories about it because it is. It's very severe for them to come home and not talk about it at all. It's not only therapeutic for them, it's therapeutic for their families so that they can understand what they went through. And then also helps and educate children and young adults who are watching to vote so they can make an informed decision about whether or not joining the military is right for them.
1: And so my advice always to young women is to do something, even if you're second guessing yourself, even if you're scared, because like I said, you, half the battle is really just showing up and being able to care um, about your community enough to fight for people who, whose voices have not been sufficiently heard.
0: I'm trying, like I have a couple daughters and um, I'm trying to raise them in a way where they're at least encountering new things uh, regularly. And I feel like that's where you get more empathy. And uh, empathy is at the root here. Like, if we don't
4: have empathy, then you don't have anything else. You know, there's so many things that that the government focuses on and a lot of of things take the back seat, right? Um, But I think that if you could put space further to the front seat, I think a lot of people are
0: gonna start to see how it can play into things like patriotism.
2: I always encourage students, you don't have to stop learning after you graduate. It's always a good thing to keep learning and to ask interesting, important questions. And and part of what a good education should give you are the tools that you need to continue to inquire in your life and to be able to engage in research and to continue to ask interesting questions and to continue to uh, explore those interesting topics.
3: You don't have to have the talents of your favorite athlete. You don't have to have the singing abilities of Beyonce or your favorite singer. All you have to do is be kind because kindness is the first step to doing all those bigger and better things. Being kind is the best thing that you can do every day. And it makes other people smile. It makes you smile. And what's bad about being happy? There's nothing bad about being happy. I just find law so fascinating and what I love about, you know, America specifically is that if you don't like a law or if you don't agree with it, that's what's so great about our system is you can work your way up the system to change that law. So I would have to say that is what I find the most interesting and intriguing about our government and our legal system in America.
1: How can we help others? And I think that is really what patriotism is all about and we cannot... Claim to be a patriot or claim to um, uh, have pride in our nation, if we are not actively working
3: to to make it a, a better place for for everybody uh, in the nation. We cannot be selfish if we're going to be patriots.
0: So within the college setting, you know, building into courses opportunities for students to practice active listening. Um, it doesn't have to be political all the time. It can just be, you know, within the context of their you know, their, their studies, whether it be biology, physics, whatever it might be, I mean, the sciences can get pretty heated just on their own, even without politics <laughs> involved. Um, but I think that's a big thing is just, you know, that needs to be built into the curriculum for sure.
2: I don't even call myself African-American. I'm a black guy. I'm an American who's black. I, I actually like black dude better. Why? Because I am an American of African descent. But I'm an American because I'm somebody that's willing to die for this country regardless of what you look like and by the way 14 of my west point classmates that died they're all white but they didn't die for white people or black people or hispanic people or asian they died for americans
3: to everyone listening i would say to stay true to your values and your core beliefs don't join the bandwagon don't give in to peer pressure Always stand firmly by what you believe in. And when there's an opportunity, take it, if you can. (laughs) Because it's important to gain experience and to always seek knowledge and protect future generations of America.
0: And there you have it, a compilation of some of the highlights that we've been able to enjoy over the past year, I once again am just so, so grateful for the amazing guests that we've had this past year and look forward to the guests who are going to be able to come on to the show in the future. They really mean so much to the fabric of the show, and I am just so, so thankful for what they've been able to do and the time and faith that they've given to friends and fellow citizens. And now I want to present our final part of our episode today. I recorded a roundtable discussion with the three original guests who came onto this show recorded before the show was even launched on August 31st, 2020. These three guys are Pat Yarrow, Denzel Johnson, and Christian Pinheiro. They mean so much to me. They had so much confidence in myself, but more importantly, in the show, and they want to do whatever they can to support our endeavors, and it's just so such an honor to have them back on to celebrate Friends of Fellow Citizens' one-year anniversary. Take a listen. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, let's, let's get right into it. I'm going to welcome our three guests. We have Denzel Johnson, Pat Yarrow, and Christian Pinheiro, three amazing guys uh, who are with us today. I'm going to start with uh, Denzel, and he's going to briefly introduce himself to all of us.
4: Hey, how you doing, Sherman? Thank you for having me on the show. Once again, It's it's good to be here. I can't believe it's already been a year since we started this um, I, I remember us you know, talking about this podcast you know, on the way home from school one day and just seeing the, seeing the podcast come to fruition is really an amazing uh, amazing blessing to see. Um, so as far as my my background, as far as what I've been doing this last year since the start of the podcast, uh, so as, as you know, we all we graduated in May from the Bush School, and um, shortly after that, I was, you know, search for jobs and, and, and with a lot of things falling through because of the pandemic I had been working for the US Agency for International Development for a few months supporting their international development mission as a program analyst um but within the last at the at the end of Chris, uh, Christmas uh starting in January I transitioned to Omaha Nebraska where I am a, a DOD staff officer at the US Strategic Command supporting the um the Admiral's uh 24/7 no fail nuclear deterrence mission. Um, really enjoying it, you know, doing a lot of the helping, uh, partnering alongside with the excise planning aspect. So I've been really enjoying the mission and vision of a STRATCOM and uh, how, you know, the, the importance of our NC2 mission here.
2: Hello, Sherman. Uh, I'm thrilled to be back on Friends and Fellow Citizens. Uh, I can't believe it. It's been a year. I remember I was still in Texas. When we recorded my first episode with you last fall, I moved back to Europe. Uh, I work for a Swiss company. I still work for Texas A&M University remotely. Um, I also started my own blog, uh, europolitics.blog. blog, and also I'm putting together my PhD application. Uh, the last 12 months uh, have been crazy. Uh, the COVID cr- uh, pandemic. Uh, the economic problems, uh, the politics, the election, uh, the inauguration of the new president, and everything uh, that has been going on for the last 12 months uh, gave us so so many so much inspiration uh, to think, to talk. So I think your podcast, Friends and Fellow Citizens, uh, is a great uh, opportunity for people to share their views on, on our world, on our ideas, on our problems. So I want to uh, congratulate you for uh, the first year uh, of your podcast, and I welcome to the great conversation we're going to have tonight.
3: Thanks, German. It's uh, always an honor to be back, and, and uh, not only just to talk to you again, but in this reunion setting as we celebrate your one year, uh, which is uh, such a great feat. You should be very proud of yourself. I mean, not a lot of people can have the uh, really the the ability to really hone in on making what a podcast is in terms of the content and the outreach piece and you've done a uh, an immaculate job and I'm happy to have been one of the many stewards of of you know to be part of the show to do that um it's also great to catch up with Denzel and Pat again I know we haven't seen each other in a long time so it's it's kind of this nice bush school reunion going on but um so yeah super super excited super proud Um, When we first spoke, um, I was working at a nonprofit organization called the Eno Center for Transportation in D.C., uh, doing a lot of uh, research um, analysis about kind of trends about transportation. Um, About three or four months ago, I had the opportunity to transition to local government. Um, So now I I work at the District Department of Transportation in D.C. Um, So it's the local level uh, uh, in the city um, as a community engagement uh, specialist um, for the office of the director. So I work closely with uh, the agency heads um, at DDOT. I do a lot of uh, correlations with the Mokers, which is the mayor's office of community relations uh, for Mayor Bowser. Uh, and we do a lot of outreach to make sure we uh, the residents of DC know what DDOT's policies are in terms of transportation, um, uh, building a sustainable city, uh, making sure we can uh, elevate the mayor's vision on what transportation means. And so, uh, it's great to be surrounded by a lot of local government public servants that um, I'm happy that the Bush School was able to introduce me to, um, as well as become a filter with everyone else here as well. So it's great to be back.
0: Fantastic! Thank you so much for your kind words, and obviously, you know, as like I mentioned earlier, you you were a big part of this the show. I mean, when I started, I thought about the model, definitely wanted to have interview shows. You can, obviously cannot have interview shows without other people. And you three were honestly the first ones whom I reached out to because I really felt like, you know, it's a, it's an affinity. You know, you you meet someone and you just feel for whatever reason that spark and that connection. And that really has boosted this show a lot. It's because of the connections that we've made. Um not to mention all the other guests that we've had on the show, you know, for people from all different backgrounds, and we've had a lot of people who really have built incredible lives of public service, and we'll, we'll definitely get into the Bush School a little bit more later on, but I want to now f- go back a little bit to, say, late spring- You know, right around the time when COVID happened and when when we got all kind of got into the lockdown phase, I want to start with Denzel again because uh, I want to go back to conversation. Uh, that we had. And uh, I, I can, we had a conversation on the way just back to school. I also remember that conversation when we drove an hour... We used to drive an hour plus to, to the nearest Costco because we were huge Costco fanatics. And it was that trip I remember when we were floating this idea of a podcast. Uh, Denzel, you want to uh, share a little bit about... What did you think of the idea of the podcast when we first spoke? And uh, number two... Uh, what? How did you react when I reached out to you? I said, "Hey, Denzel, it's really happening, man. We're really doing this, and I want you to be one of the first guests on the show."
4: Yeah, sure, man. I, as we're you know as we're preparing to you know meet up today, and you know considering this you know, one year anniversary of Fe- friends and fellow citizens, I um, yeah, I'm just blown away because yeah, I, I remember we've had we've had obviously several conversations. You know, I after you know after, you know, after graduation and we're still in texas over the summer um just talking about like you know what what your plans are for the podcast and and what kind of content you would want and even i remember your you sent me and you know some of our friends uh you know your local logo, logo ideas so that was that was amazing i mean i I, mean, I obviously i always believed in you and knew that you would do a great job and um it's just amazing to see um taking a small idea and seeing it come to fruition and um Yeah, I think that that always came up. I mean, at some point in our conversations, you know, over the summer, um, when you were, you know, we were both still in Texas, and I think even uh, on that one time we went to uh, we went to Denny's at four a.m. Man, I mean, like, yeah, we were talking about it and just kind of talking about like what the what the way forward is. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm I'm really excited to uh, see you know what you do in the years to come, right? Because this is year one, but you know, just imagine what um, the impact that this podcast, the impact, the impact and influence that this podcast can and will have in, say, two, three years down the line, right? So, you know, keep up the good work.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, <clears throat> I will say the productivity level of 4DM at Denny's, let me tell you, don't um, underestimate that because you're your base you, you you own the Denny's restaurant you're the only ones there you get your you get your orders you don't need to worry about you know, waiting for the waiter or waitress and um you get classic americana so Pat and Yara you, you, you Pat Yara and Christian um you guys you, you guys have a challenge you guys got to got proof to me that you're Denny's quality <laughs> I know that Pat. It's been Denny's. Uh, I I saw Christian Denny's one time. I was like, oh, these three people. They know. They know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, well t- I'll turn to you, Pat. So, um, how did you first react when I told you about the idea and also about the the topic? We we talk a lot about Europe and America because I went to school in London, as you know, and so we frequently talk about transatlantic relations. Uh, just share with us a little bit about. What do you think of uh, the episode we did, and and also, yeah, how you reacted when I pitched, first pitched this idea to you that our conversations about translag relations can turn into something tangible and something that people can tune into?
2: Well, well, Sherman. Uh, actually, uh, when you shared your uh, plan to start a podcast, uh, I figured uh, we have to do this because. We were talking about these issues, these problems uh, a lot. We didn't go to Denny's a lot, but we used to go to IHOP a lot. And yes. <laughs> I remember all the conversations we had on British politics, on the U.S.-Europe relations. So when I heard the idea that you are finally launching uh, uh, this, pro- this project, I-, I was thinking that, yeah, this is going to be the continuation of the good old IHOP breakfast conversation uh but now at least we can share our views or our ideas with other people so it I think it's a great thing. I think your uh podcast contributes a lot to educate people to inform people, and to let people uh share their opinions
0: absolutely by the way, this episode is not sponsored by ihop or Denny's just so, just for everyone who's clear okay this is this is um of classic Americana just seeping in into the conversation, it's it's just only natural that us patriotic Americans are going to be so attached to a couple of fixtures of American culture. Pat, if I could ask you real quick, just about the going back to the transatlantic relations aspect, you know how how important do you think it is for transatlantic politics to be more mainstream or perhaps more talked about a lot more?
2: Well, I think. Uh... Transatlantic regulations uh, uh, will retain its major role in American foreign policy, even though the Cold War has been over for 30 years, and now we have China as an emerging power and we have Russia, uh, but I think uh, the relationship between uh, between Europe and the United States will define how politics, international politics, are going to be done in our world. Uh, Look... Uh, whenever we're talking about rising up against China or uh, uniting uh, against uh, Russia or tackling a problem in the Middle East, the cooperation between the nations of Europe and the United States will be vital in the years to come. So I think uh, with it's very important to inform and educate people on uh, how the transatlantic relations. Of 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 these two great continents uh, uh, shaped world history and politics up until this point, and also it is important to to think about what's next. How can we maintain or improve the relations between uh, Europe and America? So I think the the the, the episode we did uh, was sort of a reminder to people out there that. Uh, even though this is like a very uh, patriotic American podcast, but guys, foreign policy, and Europe matters.
0: Amen to that. Fantastic. Christian, now let's turn to you, man. And How did you react when I reached out to you, and I I knew you were a transportation guy. I know this is a really important issue, especially when we've got the infrastructure bill pending in Congress. Just share share us about how you reacted, and uh, just also give us a bit of a of a preview about uh, your episode and, and why it matters uh, to American politics and the, the world we're, li- we're living in today.
3: Yeah, definitely, Sherman. Uh, well, first, you know, I'm, I'm not as cool as Pat and Denzel. Uh, we did not have any shared uh, Denny's or IHOP conversations as often, um, but it was, uh, I will say, you know, I was, I was very excited for you. I think you, you mentioned it, I think it was June of last year. You sent me a Facebook message uh, mind you, you know, Sherman and I, we kind of go way back. We're the, we were the only two Yankee fans at the Bush School, um, so very rare that we got <laughs> on our shared love for for New York in that regard. Um, but I, I remember you sent me a, a Facebook message, you know, a month right after we all graduated, and it was kind of breaking down your, hey, this I thought I had for a podcast, you know, I would love to, for you to be a part of it. It's going to be, you know, sharing the American value. I love the, the symbolism you have with the Washington's kind of principles attached to that, um, and I, when I finished reading that, I was like, the fact that he wants me on this show, like I was so humbled <laughs> and very, very surprised because I was I was just so happy for you, man. And I think as someone, as we all kind of our young professionals kind of going into you know our, our trajectory of public service, um, I think there's, you know, I think Pat hit this on the head when he mentioned, it, you know, there's no greater uh, opportunity you have with this podcast and to really shape. Uh, the conversations that are very important, but some of the ones that not a lot of people want to have. Um, You know, it's one of those kind of, ooh, you know, dicey kind of let's wait for Thanksgiving dinner, kind of break down the politics type of conversations, but you really were able to break down these barriers. And so when you reached out to me, uh, you know, specifically for transportation content, uh, you know, I was super ecstatic and I was definitely one of your top fans for uh, to say the least. Um, but it's crazy now we, we move over and we're in August now and it's over a year since you reached out. Um, and I've been very adamant on watching all those episodes. You had some extraordinary people on, um, and I'm really can't, I can't wait for phase two. And, you know, I think you're going to crank it up a bit because, uh, right now people, no, people know who Sherman Tyloski is. And so I can't wait to what's going to happen, uh, in the next few months and years, uh, ahead. <laughs>
0: I appreciate it, man. Um, I I really do. And um, I want to kind of ask you now, guys, now, uh, I'll go to Pat first at this time. uh, But uh, what are your thoughts about um, some of the guest episodes and the other episodes we've had already? 54 episodes in. I mean, we don't have time to talk through every single one of them, obviously. uh, But what are your kind of impressions about, you know, the the kinds of people we've had on uh, have you uh, is there anything that s- stands out to you uh, as we have multiple conversations everything from China to um, to you know more representation for women in politics uh, or if it's talk about cyber uh, anything that in particular that you find were your favorites or anything that stood out to you over this past year
2: yeah sure and so the one thing that stands out is the diversity of the the guests and the episodes you had uh, diversity in terms of uh, the type of people you invited to to be on your show? We had like well-established people from the academia. We had young graduates. We had people with uh, foreign background, like myself. We had uh, people who did not do not pursue like a typical academic career in terms of studying politics or studying international relations or constitutional law, but people who pursue a career in, in another field, but yet their voices matter. And I think your podcast has been great to put together different types of voices, different types of ideas from different people. I think this is one of the most important things your podcast managed to achieve in the last 12 months.
0: Thank you so much, Pat, and uh, I I really think the diversity of guests, that's one of the things that we're aiming for. Diversity of voices and having multiple sides of different issues. I will tell you there's some things that I agree and disagree with, I guess, and that's okay. They'll disagree with me on certain things. That's okay. This is the purpose of civil dialogue. On the civility point, I like to ask all three of you because We've you know we have six principles obviously for Washington's farewell address from my personal experience and from what I've seen, we've seen um, more guests than ever before mentioning civility as their top principle or a principle that you know they want to explore more and want to promote. so Denzel, if I could ask you what whats what what is your view about? The state of civility, what do you think has been going wrong? And what, what would be something that you would do to uh, encourage more people to promote civility and achieve civility in our political discourse?
3: Well, the
4: way I, I um, kind of relate with civility and how I understand it is uh, I like to go back to my roots, you know, I was, you know, from Hawaii, you know, I was raised there. And, uh, you know, it really is in line with, you know, what I always talk about, the Aloha spirit, Right, really, kind of living that, um, seeking seeking peace and and um, just unity with people. And I think that the one of the biggest issues I see, and you know, in terms of civility is just it kind of just shows how we as human beings are are flawed in that. No matter what it is, like it, it's so easy for us to divide ourselves. It's always an us versus them thing. Um, you take like last year, you know, it was the election. You know, it's like, hey, I Vote for this person or you vote for that person. I don't. I hate you. I don't like you. And you know now it's um, you know vaccine or no vaccine or vaccine mandate or no vaccine mandate. It's like a us versus them thing. And um, of course you see it all across society and media and different discussions. I think it's just kind of the way that um, we as human beings and you know I guess in the US position ourselves in a manner that's you know particularly divisive. And in terms of how to do that better, I think um, it really comes down to just having conversation. And I know that that sounds really simplistic, but I mean, I think a lot of the, I won't say all, um, you know, all issues can be resolved this way, but I I say, I I would say like a lot of the issues uh, that we we have in terms of different conflict and and tension with with people uh, can really be resolved, you know, if we're able to kind of sit down and um express our, our opinions and kind of listen and um kind of in 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 line with that i um uh, i actually had an experience with that today i was uh had to uh, had a conversation with some some uh a friend you know after church and kind of had a disagreement on something and you know i kind of held a lot of tension and i was able to you know express my uh what i how i saw this situation and you know, he was able to express his, you know, perspective. And that turns out, you know, I, I, I was the one who was in the wrong. I didn't see the full picture, right? So I'm not saying that's how it's always going to be. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, that's how it's always going to turn out. But I think the case in point is that uh, we should be able to sit down and have conversations um, with each other, um, no matter what the issue is. I mean, and I mean no matter what the issue is. Like it doesn't, you know, I know there's a lot of, you know, tense issues, especially now with – um, talking about vaccines, you know, mandates or not. It's like, dude, we should be able to have to sit down and talk, you know, and I'm all about, you know, a, striving to, like I said, live aloha and, and you know, um, be diplomatic about things. So that's what I would, that was, those are kind of my thoughts and how I'd recommend that people uh, move forward in pursuing civility.
2: Well, unfortunately, yes, I think uh, we have, we got a civility problem. Uh, both in America and in Europe. I think uh, I want to just uh, acknowledge what my uh, uh, my colleagues, dear colleagues and friends uh, were speaking, speaking about before me. I think what we have to realize is that when it comes to politics or religion or any kind of debate we have, uh, what we have to remind ourselves of is that we are good people and we want to improve things. We want to achieve a certain goal. Uh, we want to make our countries or cities or transportation better. And when it comes to political debates and when it comes to lack of civility, first, we have to focus on the similarities we have, not the differences we have. And secondly, uh, we have to understand that the other side, the other group, the other party, One's good probably you don't we don't agree with their ideas with their ideology, but we have to keep in mind that they want to do good They're, they don't want to do, do bad they don't want to destroy things and they don't want to make things worse. They still think as we think that there are opportunities to improve opportunities to uh, to solve problems. Uh, and I think if we manage to focus on our um, or or thoughts on this in the years and decades to come, I think people will be able to go back to the era when there was like kind dialogue and nice conversations about our politics and public affairs. So yes, civility matters, and I think uh, I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic that civility will come back eventually in our lifetime
3: definitely you know i i you know denzel really kind of spoke on a lot of the, the the pillars when it comes to you know understanding people's perspectives the respect level that you know when it comes to politics is a very heated game uh you know pat mentioned you know the 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 differences between you know europe and and in america in terms of bridging that divide from an international standpoint you know there are a lot of, there are a lot of people around the world, you know, who have different opinions. And, you know, some, one of the things I found that's very useful is putting myself into their shoes. I mean, I have my perspectives based on my lived experience, um, you know, but I'm I'm still one person with kind of this one vision, you know, and I, I always look from the exterior, you know, how someone else might think differently, because they either, you know, lived in a different Location, or you know, maybe they have one parent, you know, because they had uh, a traumatic experience in their life, or uh, you know, they're they're very passionate about something because it falls into their values, whether it's from a religious standpoint or from a moral standpoint. And so, um, part of the time is you know, from civility comes with engaging in conversations, and I feel like those who the people who don't have the most uh, civility to each other are the ones who are reluctant to have those conversations. Um, And so avenues like this, as we mentioned in the podcast, you know, really bridge people together. And the more we, you know, we actually may find a lot of similarities between each other than we thought, you know, when we start just actively listening, you know, having emotional intelligence, a lot of things that some people are very heated and quick to, you know, really defend themselves without actually being like, okay, let me pause and, and hear this other person's perspective and see what, where they stand. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can't judge each other uh, and blame each other for different reasons. Um, you know, unless we can say we've, you know, lived in their shoes, we, I'm not a person of, of, uh, level to say that for someone else. And so, uh, you know, engaging in those conversations and even when things do get kind of dicey, you know, there's that still professionalism that needs to happen. And a lot of times when we talk about politics and we talk about the, the political sphere, how we move forward, you know, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Green Party, Liberty, liber- uh, Libertarians, you know, they—they they all raw all human beings at the end of the day. And so, I want to make sure that people understand that uh, you know this dialogue is important, and uh, that moving forward really stems with with uh, looking at yourself in the mirror and wondering where you put yourself into this puzzle.
0: Absolutely. And now we've mentioned a little bit about the. Way we met, we all met, and I don't think this episode would be complete without some kind of reflection on the Bush School, because that's all how all four of us met. That school is where we all got to know each other. If it wasn't for that institution, none of this would be possible, probably. Um, and I, I want to kind of give an i give an opportunity to uh, Christian first this time, and uh, I I'd like you to just reflect a bit about you know how you got interested in the Bush School and public service in general. Uh, I know you might have touched upon a little bit about this in our, your episode last year, uh, but maybe this time around, uh, maybe a bit of a reflection and, uh, and, a, and a tribute maybe to uh, President George H.W. Bush, because ultimately, even when you go further back, when he started that school in 1997, he wanted to create a school of public service. It was his vision who wanted to create the curriculum and have this community um, and I I just love to hear your thoughts about, you know, the Bush School and how that has uh, affected you and what legacy, the legacy of George H.W. Bush means to you and the United States.
3: Yeah, no, I think we, you know, and I, I'll let, of course, my colleagues have their, their perspectives as well. But I think it's fair to say that we all really resonated with H.W. Bush's, you know, promise and, and value system of public service. You know, public service is a noble calling kind of been ingrained in us. It's the, kind of the staple statement of the Bush School, uh, probably the staple statement of A&M. Um, but you know, for me, I, I was really drawn to the school in particular. I, my family has had a history of public service. My dad served 32 years in the Air Force. Um, my mother is a public servant in the medical sphere. She's a, She works at a hospital managing a respiratory therapy unit. Um, my brother is a, uh, an officer in the United States Air Force. So uh, my immediate family, I, I saw everyone kind of be these people to they knew that there was something greater than themselves and sometimes that's hard for a lot of people to really put their you know perspective in is you know working hard and sacrificing yourself for the benefit of other people and that kind of draws back into the civility piece too is is making sure we can all really uh understand what our purpose is and so you know for me you know having that very uh immediate you know, reckoning of public service from seeing my parents or my brothers or friends and colleagues, you know, I was drawn towards that was the kind of the impetus of what the Bush School stood for. And so, you know, when I came there, of course, I met you three and a lot of other uh, amazing colleagues um, who kind of really opened my eyes of really being in a classroom or a capstone group or just kind of meeting people out and about and we all had this shared love of wanting to serve and whether capacity, whether that's international relations, um, one of my good friends, Patrick Doucette, you know, he works in a nonprofit and he's really passionate about nonprofit building and making sure we can bridge those gaps, you know, and then, you know, I mean, I work in local government. I have friends who are in the federal government. I have friends who work in, you know, the state level. And so we all really came from different areas and want to kind of pursue different things, but we have the same goal at the end of the day. And it's it's about sacrificing uh, ourselves to make sure that we can benefit the the greater outcome of, of moving forward. And so, you know, I, I'm humbled. The Bush School was was definitely the place that I would call home. Um, I met my friends there, um, lifelong relationships, and uh, you know, I've uh, never really had a chance to really appreciate the 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 lasting few months we had with with pandemic to really kind of solidify some of those deals. I mean, none of us really had a graduation. Um, But, you know, that's not stopping us from still going back. And luckily being, uh, I know, Sherman, you you and I are in the the DMV, metro area, D.C., you know, the opening of the Bush School in D.C., you know, it's a few uh, blocks away from the White House. Uh, Jay Silvera is the the president over there. um, And it's kind of this new site school. But, you know, it's really in the center of where all the heart of the action happens. And so to know that, you know, while we can't physically be in Texas, whether, you know, we're 1,400 miles away we can at least still kind of have a piece of home towards us for those who live in the area. And so I hope that we can, uh, uh, you know, the Bush school kind of expands more. We have more leverage that way. We can continue to build relationships, um, and really appreciate the school for what it was, uh, uh, through a variety of different avenues.
2: It's very easy to name the most defining event or, uh, the most defining week of the Bush school was the week, uh, after, uh, the 41st president passed away in December, 2018, uh, the, the, the incredible, the incredible, uh, the incredible week we had after, uh, the president's, uh, death and the funeral and the, the memorials and the, uh, the whole ambience of college station, Texas in those few days, totally defined my, my, uh, I think my views on public service, it totally cleared my vision that this great man who served his country uh, in his entire life passed away and people mourn him and people respect him. And uh, the very uh, educational institution he helped to, uh, to launch, he helped to, to, to enable young people to learn government, to learn public service. Uh, is now my home and College Station, Texas is also a very important uh, place in my heart and I think I can say that that four or five days after the President's passing was the greatest experience of my life even though it was very sad to see uh, people mourn a great man, a grandfather but um, I think George H.W. Bush's vision on public service uh, enabled and helped all of the students of the Bush School to learn and understand what kind of leaders, what kind of public servants America needs.
0: Absolutely. I remember that week very much. And you know, standing, seeing Union Pacific 4141 pull up to right next to Kyle Field, uh, the beautiful procession uh, carrying off the, tra- uh, the casket off the train into the... Uh, into the limousine, and it, it really was a very, very touching moment. I really appreciate that, Pat, and I'll never forget. Also, the time when we've heard the news, it was late night on November thirtieth, and we all spontaneously, you know, passed some of our bedtimes. Uh, some people, I guess, can have a sense of what bedtime uh, what, uh, was for me at the time. But after, but beyond our bedtimes, we. Came out in solidarity. We came together at night with candles. It was just beautiful, beautiful ceremony that we had um, at the Bush School campus. Um, and I, I really, I thank the the upper class. We were first years at the time. We had second years who really helped put this together, and uh, I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, Denzel, uh, we'll turn a little bit to obviously the Bush School, but first of all, tell us about what the Aloha experience was. Cause I think a lot of people are very, very curious about how Aloha experience could flourish so well in Texas. (laughs) So you, you got to share with us what it is and how we can all feel the Aloha love.
4: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sherman. I mean, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of being like Mr. Aloha at, 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 uh, uh, I honestly, I get the same, same kind of, uh, image here, uh, in Nebraska at DRADCOM and <laughs> that shirt. So, um, it's like a missionary. It's like a Hawaii, aloha yeah, missionary. Crazy. I mean, for me, I, it's, <laughs> you know, when people ask me, um you know, I, I, I always wear, you know, I always like to wear like, you know, my, you know, Hawaiian shirts and whatnot out here. And, and people always ask me like, or my mask, you know, face mask is Aloha. And people ask me like, what does Aloha mean? And for me, it, you know, it's really difficult to define in like one sentence, you know, and, and um, it's it's a, you know, aloha is, is more of like just an overarching idea, you know, and so in, uh, you know, Hawaii, you know, aloha spirit really permeates throughout our society, you know, um, in terms of, you know, just showing love and, and compassion and unity and respect for each other. I mean, that is a way of, you know, of, you know, Hawaiians, right? Um, you know, Native Hawaiians, you know, really showing that love and respect and, um, I think another thing that, that kind of is in line with that is um, Hawaiians, people from Hawaii, I would say, and, and Texans have one thing in common that they, they're they really proud about where they're from, <laughs> you know? like Everywhere of you know, every time, as you said, like myself, you know, going to the States, you know, we call this, you know, the continent, the mainland, you know, you of course, I want, you know, introduce myself. I, you know, I always say I'm from Hawaii and, kind of get the same feel when i meet people from texas like yeah i'm from texas you know but uh, for me i think <clears throat> i um it's one of those things like you don't really appreciate it until you leave and um you know going to texas a&m that was the first time i had left hawaii per se as as far as living somewhere else and um basically the way i did it was you know i you know one of the things that we do in hawaii you know in, in terms of you know when you go to school when you go to work or, or um, in any kind of office setting, I mean, business—I uh, guess business casual to us for us in Hawaii is you know, wearing, you know, Hawaiian Hawaiian shirts, you know, untucked and slacks. You know, that is that's that's business casual. Even that U.S. and okay, I mean, everywhere like you don't wear a student tie. If you wear a student, the only reason you wear a student tie is if you're going to court. Like, there's no only like you're a lawyer. It's the only person that wears a student tie. But um, yeah. I mean, I remember I wore my aloha shirt the first day. I wore my aloha shirt at at, at the Bush School. It was like the second the second day of uh, orientation, and um, our friend you remember Abby? She had walked to me. She's like, oh, "It's a really nice shirt." I'm like, "Oh, thank you. Wow, you're like, yeah, I am actually." So I was kind of like, "Wow, yeah, this is kind of cool." You know, I'm, you know maybe I should uh you know kind of make this my thing. So um, from then on, I kind of that's been my thing. And even out here, you know, working at Stratcom, like that's what I, that, I mean, that's, you know, I'm that guy who wears, I wear Aloha shirts, not on Aloha Friday on every day, you know, so I think it's really just, um, it's really just, a, you know, I'm just really trying to spread that, that positivity that love, you know, that's from, you know, from, from the Aina, from our lands, you know, from Hawaii out here in, you know, in Texas and of course in the Midwest. And, um, it's, um, You know, I I can definitely see um, the impact that has, you know, in terms of, I mean, because, I mean, as you guys kind of know, like I have a, I've kind of really like a kind of strong personality, you know, like I have a lot of energy per se. So I really believe that, you know, that's a, that's a blessing in that, you know, I have the ability to impact others through that. So um, I actually do that at, I do that at, at, at church too. I, uh, I serve in the parking lot uh, ministry. So, you know, people come into church or, Pulling in, so I'm always like throwing the shakas, you know. People are like, "Wow, it's Mister Aloha, you know, (laughs) like coming, you know." Well, this guy from Hawaii, and I'm not Hawaiian by blood, but um, yeah. So yeah, that's really my my mission and vision, you know. As I as I kind of pursue my my career and my, of course, not just my career, but just my overall growth in life and development. That's really what I want to carry with me because I believe that everywhere I go, um, you know, I believe I I always feel like I carry the islands on my back. You know, I have my, um, those, That's. I mean, of course it's American flag behind me, but in my room I have my, you know, Hawaiian flags and everything. So everywhere I go, I carry that because um, that's what, that's what formed and made me. Um, so yeah, I strive to live, live aloha, you know, and we have a saying, there's a, there's a, um a brand, a brand in Hawaii. It's called Defend Hawaii. It's just like a t-shirt brand and they have like this uh, license plate, license plate frame. And I think on their newest uh, design has like the kind of saying it says, uh, spread aloha, not germs. I think you guys probably might have seen me post that before on Instagram or Facebook, you know. So, like, that's kind of a thing, you know, like, you know, spread aloha, you know, not germs, right, you know, spread that. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I, I like that CDC well. guidance better, personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, real, real quick, yeah, um,
0: yeah. Just because we're based, I'm based, I'm in California right now in the San Francisco Bay Area, and when I listen to baseball games, we all have, always have the Hawaiian Airlines ad, and I, I, I just couldn't feel the Aloha spirit from from those people. They just sound, they don't have the same spirit as Denzel. I'm just, I'm sorry, I don't know how many non-Hawaiians <laughs> are doing these uh, these commercials, <laughs> but man, these people sound like it, it, it's, it's yeah. like they. It's like there's some kind of experiment like social experiment or something and they just kind of you know there's a random person <laughs> off the street it's like hey why don't you pretend that you have a spirit and tell people you know uh, about the flowers on the plane it's like i've never seen anything like that i feel like you couldn't get that through customs or through for security um but anyway um i i think uh, christian and pat definitely wanted uh i think they should consider taking some Hawaiian lessons from Denzel. What, what Christian, what, what is your reaction to that? Yay or nay on that?
3: Always a fan. And I've been to Hawaii once, but it was like when I was a kid. So I I don't know if the Aloha spirit was fully there. I think I was just kind of upset about walking too much. <laughs> but definitely, I, I am <laughs> a, a supporter of that, that plan.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Pat, what about you? You, you up for, for Hawaiian lessons?
2: Well, absolutely, Sherman. Uh, Denzel's gonna give me like a couple of Hawaiian lessons, and I'm gonna give him a couple of Hungarian lessons.
4: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. Let's
0: do it. Uh, One last question for all of you. Um, I'll start with. uh, I'll. uh, I'll I'll start with Pat this time. What is one fun fact about you that none of us or very few of us would know about you? But something that you want to put out there for the audience
2: i'm a drummer uh, and i play the drums every single day pat you never told you never told me
0: that i never otherwise i would have set you up with like some kind of band or something creating a band i would have taken on the guitar or singing i mean my parents don't let me sing because the the tune the out of tune thing is is a big issue for me but uh, (laughs) i did not know that well there you go Uh, christian about yourself
3: well, it, it may be pretty evident with the, the big map behind me, but uh, I've always been a lover of geography. But it really stemmed when in fifth grade, we lived in Alaska, in, in Anchorage uh, at the time, and I won my school's geography bee. And so, it kind of after that experience, you know, I was really sold on the whole kind of regionalism piece, really kind of spent, stemmed my entire, you know, career and love with cities and how that transformed into specifically transportation. And so, you know, you can always kind of find me. Uh, with a map somewhere, uh, my handle is like Crispy Atlas for Instagram. So you know it, it's kind of been the, my my growing mantra: of globes, and maps, and whatnot. So similar to how Denzel always keeps a Hawaiian flag with him, I always, ha- I probably always have at least some some kind of map with me. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: so so the, if anyone gets lost, we all know whom to to contact because Christian's definitely going to know where we are <laughs> if we're lost. Uh but that's great, man. Um, Denzel, what's a, what's a fun fact about you? I know besides the Aloha, Aloha spirits, um, is there, there's something else that we don't know about you? Cause uh, I, I always feel like I know you guys pretty well, but then you come up with something like, you know, you play drums or you want a geography <laughs> to do quiz. I'm like, I didn't know that where have I been over the last three years or so, but <laughs> Denzel, how about you, man.
4: Yeah. For me, actually, this is kind of recent, but, um stratcom is a uh, is kind of a small group of guys at stratcom who kind of put together this uh, uh barbershop quartet a uh, singing team so i had joined them and i was like wow i actually like this this is pretty cool so i see barbershop quartet now so yeah, it's pretty interesting got a really new development so oh, i'll bet
0: man <laughs> oh our, uh, next our next our next podcast is gonna be—it's just gonna be four of us playing, uh, trying to play, play uh, as a band. I, I think all of our lyrics though <laughs> should be all about like the the current issues. We're not gonna do conversational anymore. We're only—you can only rap or sing. Um, that's the only way you're gonna be able
4: to voice your opinions. will you in the back of the drums.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll do it like uh, It'll
3: be a Broadway show.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, but with Washington this time, we'll, we'll we'll have Washington. I see the I see the moves from Denzel. I think we're all set here. <laughs> oh my god! Well, uh, guys, um, one last thing before we wrap up our roundtable today. I think it was a great conversation. I want to give you guys uh, one last opportunity to uh, to to provide a message for uh, the audience uh, and w- what you would say to them, looking back at one year and looking forward for the next many, many, many years to come. Uh, Let's start with Christian this time.
3: Yeah, no, I I mean, it's one of those, uh, I I just hope that people continue to understand the value of these conversations and the topics that we discuss. You know, I'm always going to be a fan of returning and I think, you know, you have a great platform ahead of you. Um, You know, when it comes to the issues that I'm passionate about, when it comes to transportation, urban development, um, you know, I really want to kind of push a plug on the importance of how that has transcended. You know, there's uh, a lot of parts of this country that don't have access to mobility that we will really need to bridge those gaps. Um, you know, Denzel's from Hawaii, you know, as a, as a state that's kind of isolated from the rest of this country. You know, you're really reliant on different ways of, of getting around. And with the recent I know, uh, Sherman, you mentioned this in the beginning with the recent passing of the transportation bill, you know, $1 trillion for surface transportation, you know, 65 of which goes to bandwidth, uh, broadband for internet, you know, uh, uh, several sets go to sustainable transportation. And so when we, when we want to move forward in terms of the toggle moving ahead for transportation, we, it's a holistic uh, conversation. And so, um, you know, as we move forward with not only this podcast, but with topics, you know, relative to, to that atmosphere, we really want to make sure that, people can get get a hold of things that they not necessarily would you know kind of talk about throughout the day and so i'm 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 humbled and honored to have uh, been a part of those uh, really important conversations that i like whether it's transportation but i also know fans of your show are really going to learn a lot from denzo when it comes to international relations it's going to they're going to learn a heck of a ton on europe and uh, American relations with, with Pat, you know, being someone in the forest fr- uh, center of Europe as well. And so, you know, getting these diff- different types of perspectives uh, as someone who's been on the show, I constantly learn each time. And so uh, I'm excited for, like I said, year two um, and really, really just uh, hopeful that we get a, a larger set of, of topics that a lot of people can be like, wow, I didn't think about that, but I learned something new. And so, and I think it's all about, the education piece and I'm happy that uh, you know that, that that's moving in that direction so again congrats Sherman I'm really I'm really proud of you
2: yeah I'm gonna keep it short Sherman uh, my message to the audience is keep listening to friends and fellow citizens Sherman and his guests and colleagues uh, we'll try to cover most of the important uh, stuff in our world in our politics in our public affairs. So I just want to uh, wish you a happy one-year anniversary again, and good luck.
4: Yeah, I would just say uh, you know once again thank you, Sherman, for having us all three of us here t- today uh, to celebrate your one-year anniversary um, of the podcast. Um, in terms of the audience, I would really just encourage everybody to continue listening uh, because you know Sherman has a you know a big heart for wanting to educate you know the you know our. In you know, the rest of the world, and on a variety of issues, uh, bringing in different perspectives, and then as you can obviously, people notice that it's not just him uh, talking about issues; he's bringing people in and having this conversation. So I would encourage everyone to continue listening as he, you know, rolls up to his next, you know, next season, you know, next series. And um, on a kind of a separate, related note, that you know, if you, 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 you folks out there have you know something that you always wanted to pursue or do. Um, even if it's small, you know, I'd really encourage you to pursue it. Right. Because like I said, you know, I remember a year ago, Sherman, you know, just kind of talking about his podcast idea. And of course, you know, I know he was a capable man. I was like, yeah, he's definitely going to be able to do it, but to kind of see it come in fruition. Right. If you are able to just kind of invest, you know, a little time every day, um, into something that you want to pursue, think about where you'll be, you know, in a year. So just, you know, some encouragement on that front. But, uh, once again... As I always say, live aloha.
0: Well, that was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much to Denzel, Pat, and Christian for joining us today for our one-year anniversary get-together and celebration. To the audience, thank you so much for tuning in uh, for this entire year. I cannot wait for year two to start right after this episode ends. There's so much more content out there. And remember, there's never just one way to support the show. Whether you're a subscriber, whether you're listening to the episodes, uh, or you're a Patreon supporter, I want to especially make a big shout out to our Patreon supporters. They provide us with so much support for us every single month. It's really, really humbling to have such fervent supporters stay tuned for more announcements on how you can support the show i've got some more stuff coming out not just more content but more features and more benefits more in particular for all of our listeners out there again i really appreciate your support this past year let's look forward to another great year on friends and fellow citizens have a great rest of your day rest of your week and remember A day in America always gets better when we are with our friends and fellow citizens.